I really think that this might be a God thing. We were supposed to have Zach Abraham on and the scheduling thing came up. And then I heard a, a series of interviews uh, driving back from a church event. And I truly think this is what I'm supposed to talk about today. And it's my reluctant endorsement of a national divorce. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And I said it in the tease. That's what we call that little thing. I, I want to be honest about what it is. That little bit before the podcast starts, it's a tease. It's clickbait. Um, we were supposed to have Zach Abraham on today, and the scheduling didn't work out. So if you heard that in episode one today, Scheduled didn't work. We'll get it done next week. I'm anxious to talk to Zach about the insane inflation, but also about the brokenness of our financial system and if it can ever be fixed. I am uh, going to reluctantly endorse the national divorce. And this has been, I remember the first time that someone brought this up to me. It was a guy, I really liked him. Um, He was a program director at Cairo Radio. This guy named Pete Gamble, and Pete, uh, Pete was Pete was a fantastic. Um, he gave great reviews of radio hosts. I mean, functionally helpful reviews, uh, particularly when I was just getting back into radio, and was really good at gently delivering things where he thought you could do better, but also really saying, "Hey, do more of this." And Gamble once said to me that he he actually endorsed the idea. I think this was Pete. I'm sure it was. He said that he endorsed the idea of a national divorce, that that might be the only thing to save us. And I thought it's nuts. And I think Pete's a liberal, uh, but not certainly not a crazy liberal. And frankly, I haven't talked to Pete in far too long. I should have checked with him before I started throwing his name around. He might not want to be associated with us. But that was, uh, gosh, eight, nine years ago. And I'm not thinking of the national divorce in the way other people think of the national divorce. It's not just a political thing. And the only reason I'm endorsing it is because I believe God is doing it. I believe God is, is, I believe God is showing us the divorce is happening. You guys can play or not play. And sometimes I think the biggest mistake we make tactically as constitutional conservatives is we end up fighting for uh, dead causes. And I'm not saying America's a dead cause. Please don't misunderstand me. I I have felt that. In fact, I've said it. I said it once in an interview. Um, I did at red state. They, um, they asked me to be one of their podcasts and then I did that. I, I bet I was in a doubt mood. And sometimes I think, yeah, America's gone. And I haven't felt that way for the past year ish. So it's about saving America, but more importantly, it's about aligning ourselves with what God is doing. God is allowing a divorce of the country, but we don't need to think of it in the way that would traditionally be thought of as, okay, you get your red states and and we get our blue states and we split the nation in half because that plays into the hands of the people who, who absolutely want America destroyed. Because there are people who absolutely want America destroyed and they work in government. And it's not just in Seattle. It's just not. You cannot be stupid enough to believe that special ops, and this was one of the interviews I heard on the way home. I listened to a a woman named Janet Parshall, who's a Christian radio host. I I consider her to be the best interviewer in radio. And I was listening to Janet Parshall on the way home. And to my great, great embarrassment, I didn't get the name of the guest, but we were talking, they were talking about this, this, and we've talked about this on the program, at least the radio program for the podcast, that the special forces is being charged with installing in uh, diversity and inclusion, because that's a strategic imperative. 
Now, I've been blessed to know a, a fair number of people who are, are now retired special ops. In fact, uh, well, no, I, I won't tease that. I, we have a veteran-owned company that's coming on as a sponsor, and it's phenomenal. I can't wait to announce this. And we did an interview uh, this week, just talked to this guy. He was a, he's a Navy SEAL. He retired. And he was talking about the fact that when you join the Navy SEALs or when you join the military, I mean, they shave you down, they, they strip you of your individuality because now you are part of a team. You are a, a tool within the machine and no one part is greater than the other. And they do that to remove individuality because in a team environment, everybody has to have the same capabilities to, to a certain degree, particularly in a special forces team. Special forces, you're, you're what, eight to 10 guys? If that's a, what, a 10's like a big team, right? You're eight to 10, 10 guys. You all have to be able to carry 300 pounds. You all have to be able to run a mile at this, at this you know, run a, a, a six minute mile with gear for this long. You all have to be able to zero a weapon this quickly. You, you all have to be able to, um, you know, know how to wire a C4 charge. You all have to know how to, uh, how to do field surgery. You all have to know how to do the, everybody has to know how to run comms, everybody. So you, you have to have the same abilities which means you can't be saying we have to have men who think they're women and women who think they're men. And we need to make sure that we have a gay person and we need to make sure that we have a woman on the crew. Now, look, if a gay person can get in and get the job done and then we can have a whole debate about the unity of the team and and, you know, the shower situation. And that's that's a different debate. But what we can't debate is that people have to have the same capabilities because you got to know if you're in a firefight, you don't want the person behind you to be the one who didn't have to zero their weapon. You don't want, if you are, you know, in a serious gunfight and you're shot, you don't want the person charged with carrying you out to be the one who only had to lift 180 pounds when you yourself are 220 plus your gear puts you at 260. So you can't have that. And the, the military is saying, and, and the, the bosses like General White Rage and Lloyd Austin, who is owned by <laughs> uh, corporate, um, corporate weapon sellers, Raytheon, that they're saying that this is a strategic imperative to break unit cohesion. That's that's no one with a military background can say destroying unit cohesion is a good idea. No one can't be done. Likewise, on a football team. Well, we we don't really need everybody to be fast. We don't really need everybody to be strong and powerful. And, you know, some of our wide receivers don't need hands. You know, it's okay. We got to have a team that looks like America. Some wide receivers don't have hands. And in a combat circumstance, that stuff will get you dead. And I'm not a, I'm not a veteran. So I, I just know a lot of vets and I've been honored to work with a bunch of them. So what I'm listening to this and reminded of that, and then the effort that the the government is undertaking to wipe out special forces soldiers warriors who um are christian and and they're using the the cover of covid to get this done I was listening to Michael Berry. Michael Berry is the general counsel for the First Liberty Institute. Uh, he's a vet. Served seven years of active duty uh, as an attorney with the U.S. Marine Corps. He was deployed to Afghanistan 2008. And from 2009 to 2012, he served as adjunct professor of law at the United States Naval Academy. So he was, he's been in country. And he was talking about the fact that the Navy is targeting, I believe it's 36 SEALs 
who don't want to take the injections for religious reasons. The Navy has okayed medical waivers. They've okayed, uh, uh, what is it called, administrative waivers? I don't even know what that would mean. They will not okay religious waivers. The same military that, that General White Rage runs, the same military that says, we got to have um, women who think they're men and, and men who think they're women in every unit, despite their inability to carry out the combat roles. And by the way, once they're in, we work them and we, we've gamed the system to put them into special forces. Then they can go get their hormonal changes done and be deployable. No, they can't. And their surgeries, no, they can't. That same entity is wiping out SEALs who want a religious waiver from the injections. And by the way, incidentally, I shouldn't even have to say this, but Navy SEALs, by definition, are the healthiest people in the world. Physically, the most robust people in the world. And yes, I know, I know. CrossFit people are, they're box tough. I'm not, listen, I, I get to be around some pretty amazing CrossFit athletes. I'm not saying they're not tough, but they're box tough. And when you have been in the situation and the training these guys throw, go through and you can put up with hell week and thrive in hell week. And that's just the beginning of your training. You are not a person who is that liable to fall down because of COVID-19, the COVID flu. They want the religious people gone. They do not want Christians in the Navy SEALs. And this is consistent. This is the national divorce and God is allowing it to happen. Sometimes the best thing we can do is give the left what it wants immediately. And in this case, it's what the party wants. It's it's not even the left. And I hope everybody understands the difference. And and let me try to make it as clear as I possibly can. Where is Mitch McConnell on this? Where is Mitch McConnell? Where is Kevin McCarthy? (laughs) You think it's a winning issue to put 36 Navy SEALs up and say, are you kidding me? The, the, The best trained warriors on earth are getting kicked out because they will not take a medically useless injection. That's the problem. They will not speak out against Big Pharma. Big Pharma is the chief funder of the Great Reset, along with the World Economic Forum. They're not going to speak out against it. And, and that's, that's one of the chief problems here is Republicans sometimes, well, shiny shoot Republicans are, are utterly useless fighting the party. So it's not just the left. It's the party. And it's not just the Navy SEALs. It's medicine. The efforts, what, what they've discovered, never let a good crisis go to waste. What they've discovered is the injection diktat is a really handy way to get rid of Christians. In professions like healthcare and police forces. And it's not just Christians. It's Christians who are not going to take the knee to the party. So if you're a Christian and you say, I'm not getting injected, you are that means I am not taking the knee to the party because the injections do not give any form of immunity. I don't need to go through that again. You guys know this. I, I, I'm sure I bore people. Like, Herman, we get it. We've been listening to the podcast, listening to the radio show for seven years. We're listening to you through the Great Reset. This began in March of 2020. We understand the injections don't provide immunity. They don't stop infection. I was talking to doctors. This is now, my goodness, I have talked to three or four medical professionals because I'm doing some research on investing in a, in a business that's, that's medically oriented. So I've been talking to a bunch of retired recently retired paramedics and in EMTs and, and, you know, I had the interview with Dr. Duke Johnson, who has started the medical freedom clinic. If you didn't hear that, you should listen to that. That was, that's an incredible thing. That's God's work. And by the way, that's part of the national divorce. I'm talking to medical professionals who are saying they, the, the, the party does not want free thinkers. They do not want entrepreneurial doctors. They do not want doctors who dig for their own approaches to disease. They do not want preventative care people. 
They do not want creativity. They do not want expansive ideas. They want people who will take the knee teaching. The, the, the teachers who are not taking the injections are by, by, by you know, large part Christian. And look at what they're doing within the schools. You are either going to be a Christian who teaches, to be frank with you, the tools of Satan. Because critical race theory is the opposite of the Ten Commandments. It's making an argument for murder. Well, you think it's not? You, you think critical race theory doesn't make the argument for murder. Really? What was the last time scapegoating an entire race of people? Official government policy of scapegoating an entire race. When did that not end in murder? Someone go consult history for me and find the exception to that. See, you think it doesn't endorse murder? Well, maybe it doesn't come right out and say it. But listen, when the problem is whiteness and the problem, well, when the problem is white people and the problem with white people is they're white and the problem with being white is you have whiteness. And when whiteness is part of your, your DNA and all problems are because of whiteness and white people, you can either change their race or you can get rid of them. So in teaching environments, you have teachers who are, who are making the decision to keep their head down and teach critical race theory or, or, or light pedal it. I have friends who are doing everything they can to keep it out of their classrooms. I'm thinking of two people I know, both of them now senior teachers, both of them, both of them coaches, both of them in the separate country of Washington. They're, they're, not, they're not teaching this garbage. They're keeping their heads down. They're trying to protect the kids, but they're getting washed out. So the the government has made it very, very, very clear. We will have order takers. The government has made it very, very clear. We're splitting the nation up. And they're making very clear the power dynamic. And the power dynamic is if you do what the party says, you get rewarded. If you question the party, you get punished up to and including being called a terrorist because you question the government. They're making it very, very clear on this side of the tape. You can break up cities. You can murder cops. You can ask to get cops murdered. You can vandalize, rape, rob, steal, deal drugs, sex traffic. And on this side, and and you can do all that and yeah, all right with us. Yeah, we'll arrest a few of you, but not many. We will officially make in, in separate... And by the way, when I say this, separate country of Seattle, I'm speaking outside of, of interest for Seattle. Understand that when this crack pipe Biden thing came up, you understand that Seattle's been doing this for 30 years, right? Giving out the tools of addiction. You understand that the crack pipe is the least of our problems. You do understand that the party intends to purchase heroin for everybody who wants it, right? Do you get? I mean, do we all understand this? That the path that they're going down at the national level is the same down they, the same they went down at the Seattle Portland level, San Francisco, where they're where they're going to buy heroin for people. You want heroin? Come and get it. The taxpayer provides it. Shoot it up as much as you want, and then you get. You think that doesn't get other people on heroin? You think? So they're setting up this power dynamic that if you're on our side and you're helping us tear down the country, you get whatever you want. They're doing it in an economic sense. They're doing it with big business. Oh, listen, you think they're not? You don't think they're doing it with big business? The party's doing the same thing with big business. They're saying you can be corporate raiders too. If you corporate raid on behalf of the party, you can be big business. And so I'm reluctantly endorsing a national divorce. Reluctantly. but not in the way people are thinking of it. I'm endorsing getting next to what God appears to be doing in our country. We are to, we're called to observe the work the Lord is doing and become part of the Lord's work. So there are people who are super successful in business and have never taken the knee. 
In fact, there are people um, who are so successful in business, um, never taken the knee and, and have kind of worked at a really smart level. So let me take a, a for example, my friend, Dave, the digital who runs Greenhaven Interactive. Listen, anytime Dave wanted to, he could have put his head down and, and been over at Amazon or Google or um, any of the big any of the big tech places. He's got all the skills, all the smarts, all the management, all of that. I just want to do that. He has his own shop, Greenhaven Interactive. He gets to treat that as a ministry. He's a Christian conservative in a industry that's just absolutely dominated by liberal atheists or you know party members. So he's built this success over decades by treating people right. That's kind of what Christians do. And, but he knows how to work the machine. That's the thing about Dave that's so, that's so cool uh, at uh, Greenhaven Interactive. He understands how Google ranks websites. So I've asked you to look at your website. Have you done that yet, by the way, if you're a business owner? Or if you run a political party or, or an activist group? Have you done a Google search? Search the name of your entity. See if you're in the top five or on the first page. And then search for, try to find your entity like you don't know the name. Let's say like this, in Washington State, they, they're coming after now, they're coming after any gun with a removable magazine. Oh, no, seriously, they are. Any gun with a removable magazine, they're coming after it. So let's say that you're a gun rights group. Go search a gun rights group near me. Let's say that you, uh, I just, I'm going to start taking um, jujitsu. So I just met a, an owner of a jujitsu club, and I'm going to start doing that along with my swimming. So search, if you run jujitsu, search jujitsu facility or, 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 or gym, jujitsu gym, jujitsu coaches near me. See if that comes up. See if you come up. If you don't, go to Dave the Digital. He'll fix that. You pay him. You don't pay Google. He'll make some changes to your websites, your social sites, et cetera, so that you'll come up and search where you should. Just go to greenhaveninteractive.com. And incidentally, I'm not kidding about Washington State coming after um, anything with a removable magazine. <laughs> this is part of the national divorce. Here's the dynamic. What the party is doing is they're saying, look, you can stay in the separate countries and pay for your ruin. You, you, you can stay and fund your prison. Please stay and fund your prison. You can stay and let us con your kids. You can stay and let us piece, piecemeal destroy your churches. You, you can stay and let us piecemeal make it impossible for you to have a job unless you serve the party. You can stay and watch your home broken into in the separate countries of Washington State where we're going to decriminalize. <laughs> they're going to decriminalize burglaries meaning not arrest the suspects. They are installing chaos so they can say America is broken. The capitalist system stinks. It's caused all of this. It's called creative destruction. And businesses do it in the positive sense. You, you, you out-innovate yourself. You, you destroy your own product so that your competitor doesn't beat you to it. And they're destroying people's lives. And it's intentional. And anyone who says otherwise is simply unavailed of, of the ability to engage in pattern recognition, period. And it matches up very neatly with an inverse religion. Matches up with, hey, let's have all sex be good. Let's have the, the, the more people involved in the sex, the better. Let's have a pretense that there's no such thing as men and women. Let's have, um, let's, let's in fact encourage in sobriety. Let's encourage drunkenness. Let's encourage intoxication. Let's encourage debt. Let's encourage theft. Let's set up the circumstances that encourage rape, putting men in women's prisons as an example. Let's set up circumstances where we teach hate as an example. And this can seem overwhelming. And the instinct is no. No, I'm going to fight. Well, I'm going to fight. And the only way they can win. By giving them what they want. Let me explain this. How I view it. 
I don't mean to say, let me explain it to you, but let me explain how I see this. I had said three or four years ago on Seattle radio that I hope the voters give the most radical, but I shouldn't say that the most openly radical uh, person in Seattle government. This is this, this communist named Shama Sawant, part communist, part grifter. Grifter of personal gain, as, as all serious communists are. I had said, give her everything she wants. She wants to give away. She wants to give people heroin. Do it. She wants to let people stay in houses without paying. Do it. She wants people to be able to drive without license plates. Do it. Give it to her all at once. Do it all at once. Say, Shama, you got it. You got everything you want. Because then the chaos happens immediately. It's just like this. It's just like, you know what would save a lot of lives in cancer? If cancer happened overnight. If you woke up one day and there was a massive, you know, just invasion of cancer cells on your skin. You'd go, good Lord in heaven. What's this? I need to get this taken care of. What's going on with me? You go straight to the doctor. But when it's a, when you have the ability to say, oh, it's a skin tag. Now it's just a skin tag. No, no, no. That's just, it's a, it's a late forming, uh, late forming birthmark. No, it's just, it's just age. You don't go get it checked because it happens incrementally. If it happens immediately, people say, wow, this is really screwed up. And so here's what I'm saying. God is splitting, allowing the country to be split up. He's allowing society to be split up. He is allowing spiritual battle lines to be drawn hidden within politics. He's allowing people who want to destroy the body of Christ to rule. He's allowing people who want to dis. And when I say the body of Christ, I mean the church which is the body of Christ. He's allowing them to have power. He's allowing them to abuse the power because if God Almighty wants it to stop, it'll stop. And we can pray for it to stop and we should. And we can pray that God Almighty will change their hearts and soften their hearts. And we should pray for that. And we should pray that there's redemption for America. And we should, and God can do that. And I believe that the Jubilee and the revival that I've been seeing coming is still going to come, but in this form, if we will do this, recognize God's work. God is splitting the world up. Pick a side. Pick a side. Choose one now. That's me. That's how I view this. And then choosing one, then act that way. You don't want Christian cops? Get out. Form your parallel societies. Go to the places where godly cops are welcome. Because there's a whole lot of jurisdictions that want godly cops. There's a whole lot of jurisdictions who want godly firefighters. You're a Navy SEAL and your own government is saying we will not give you a religious exemption, but will give people administrative objections. Hey, if you can get out honorably, get out. Go form a private security company. Go to teach godly, godly law enforcement how to be tactically aware. Go form private security for, 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 for cities and organizations that are godly. Go take your skills and work on disaster preparedness. Go take your incredible leadership skills and lead. Building the parallel society does something just amazing. I think it can lead to the Jubilee and the revival. And here's, here's, here's how I see this. In fact, you know what? let's use an example Well, we could use a sports example, but just for fun, let's use one from the party. Let's use one from uh, Steve Jobs. Now, let's use Steve Jobs. So, you know, as I said before, there are organizations that are incredibly successful and not will not take the need of the party. My friend, Zach Abraham, and I know we're supposed to have Zach on today. It's probably my fault. The older I get, the less good I am at scheduling. Um, Zach Abraham at, uh, at Bulwark Capital Management, he doesn't have a lot to gain from coming on our show and naming names in the financial management industry, names that are corrupt. 
I don't know what, what I mean, you're, you're, you're calling out some of the, the most well-heeled people in all of financial management. I don't know. I mean, other than the truth, Zach's a big fan of the truth. And just remember this for, for six years, Zach has been talking about one of his major concerns is inflation because inflation, when inflation happens, bonds get crushed. A lot of people put bonds into the retirement portfolios as the so-called safe mix, right? The 60-40 mix equities and bonds. And, and a lot of people take the bonds and make it safe. And Zach's for six years been saying, man, I think inflation is going to continue. He's talked about 0% interest rates and money printing. And now what do we have? We have the biggest, inf- I heard this, I, I'm quoting this from memory. Um, I heard this on the radio that we have the biggest inflation in 40 years, steepest. <laughs> and Zach's been warning about this. Now, if you're in one of those 60-40 mixes, okay, and you have a retirement plan, and you're saying, oh, with this, with this mix, can I even get out? Can I even retire? Well, if you don't know, maybe find out. I think it's a good idea if you don't know if you can retire, but you feel you need to get out because your company is safe, for instance, is forcing the injection diktats. And you want out. You do not want to get injected. You want to be part of the parallel economy. Well, then get in touch with Zach and see if you can retire. He will look at your retirement plan. He will run the numbers. And they will do this with a focus on risk management. Yes, they're looking at financial game and their focus is risk management for your portfolio. So all you need to do is call Zach at Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-799-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com and, and know this, that investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, then SEC registered investment advisor. They also happen to be a company that will not take the knee. Very, very open about their Christian faith. They'll use it as a marketing tool. They're just open about it. I read a book that I recommend to everybody. It's called Experiencing God. And one of the great fallacies I think that we've been taught is that God has a plan for you or for me. God has plans. God makes our, his plans known to us. He speaks through the Bible. He speaks through the church, the body of Christ. He speaks through Christian friends. He speaks through circumstances. And for people who have invited the Holy Spirit into their life and said, Holy Spirit, please come in and do as you will. The Holy Spirit gives us discernment. Now, I am not qualified to preach. I am not telling you that, that I have any level of knowledge about what God is doing that you don't have. I'm simply saying I'm observing what God is allowing to occur. God let countries has let them throughout history fall into disrepair. He has let them follow their fleshly desires. He has let terrible people run countries. When the people of the countries have said, we want kings, the left for years has been saying we want kings. Now the party stepped in and said, hey, you know what? We can rule. They want that. And what we can do in a parallel society to go back to Steve Jobs is this. Jobs used to take two teams and give them the same task. Sometimes he would tell them, sometimes he wouldn't. He would say, for instance, I want a music player. I want a digital music player. He'd go to one team and say, you're my team for the digital music player. Go get it done. Here's a budget. Then he'd go to another team and say, and and this is lying. I'm not saying that we lie, but he would go to another team and say, you're my team for the digital music player. Get to work. And he'd fund it. And so you'd have these two teams competing and they didn't know they were competing. And then often jobs would come along. Oh, by the way, there's another team working on this. What? Yeah, there's another team. You aren't alone. And one of you is going to get to build the product and, and you, one of you is going to get famous and one of you is going to get a whole bunch of stock bonuses and one of you is going to get richer. One team and it's going to be a competition and it's dog eat dog. And that's what he would do. Now, he didn't have the responsibility of the Great Commission. We have the responsibility of the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples around the world, teaching people about what the Lord Jesus Christ said and, and, and to follow him and then to in turn become a disciple and make disciples. Jobs didn't have that requirement because of who he was. 
But God's work is very clear to me, or at least what God is allowing. He is saying the elect, pardon me, the exiled elect, that's us. We're the elect chosen. Like God has said, hey, I want you to be reunited with my family. I want to adopt you back into the family. We are being exiled. Why slow the process? Why resist it? Why? What is the win? I know your instinct is to fight and I love you so much. And some people are going to say, I can't leave. I can't. I'm locked down. Really, please, please pray about that. Because if we build godly states, godly cities, godly communities, and we say, what do we need? We need godly police forces. What do we, how do we do that? We got to get godly politicians. If the Christians in this country would move into a block and say that we are going to have godly politicians, we are going to have a godly society. We are going to have a God-based approach to how we care for one another. And if we put that side by side and we are saying, you know what, we encourage godly behavior within business. I just came back from an event at the business forum here, which is um, it's a, it's a Christian leadership group talking about business leadership and from a Christian perspective, guys, from people who run tech businesses to insanely successful landscaping companies to a, a 27 year old um, golf pro at the most prestigious golf place in, in the world. Um, what was it? Uh, Pebble Beach. Everybody there is talking about using Christian values, had the, the effect of growing their businesses, had the effect of giving to them things they never could have had. If we put that up against the rot of what the party is doing to the American cities, if we put that up against the rot of what the party is doing to the government schools, if we put our godly schools up against their ungodly schools, if we put our godly cities up against their ungodly cities, who wins? God. And God wins in the end. And God is dividing the country. So I'm not saying, let's, I'm I'm not Please don't ever hear me endorsing a civil war. It's far from it. It's a civil surrender. Oh, okay. You want us gone? Fine. We will take our, our silly tooth fairy belief that you, well, you consider a tooth fairy belief and we'll take it and we'll take it to the godly states and we'll make them more godly. And we'll still make disciples. Want to know how? When people start to see the difference, wow, you mean there's cities where, where it's still illegal to break into houses? Yes. <laughs> you mean there's cities where my kid is not taught in kindergarten to use vegetables as sex toys? Yes. Yes, we still don't teach kids to masturbate. We haven't, we're not going to teach kids to masturbate. You mean there's still cities where if I don't want to get injected with something because it was used with, it had aborted fetal cells in it, I don't have to. Yes, that's right. You look at medical providers. You mean there are states in the country where I will not be forced to perform an abortion? Yes, that's correct. You mean there are states in the country where I will not be forced to mutilate the genitalia of a 16-year-old girl because she's angry and confused and was raped and abused and now she wants to be a boy? Yes, that's right. There's states where we will not force you to do that. You mean there are state governments that consider debt to be immoral? Yes, that's right. You mean there are state governments that believe stealing paychecks from people under the guise of something like COVID is not just immoral, but is an affront to God Almighty? Yes, that's right. There are states like that. And people will notice the difference, particularly if we do the next thing. And this is the part that has never gone with the national divorce before. And this is the part that's unique. Because it's godly, not because it's my idea, because it's godly. Speaking of that, I'm going to be telling you about a new podcast I'm going to be doing. And since you choose to listen to this one, and I am so thankful for that. Uh, I'm going to be doing a new podcast. I'm going to test something. And the test is, it's called Meet You in Damascus. Okay. And the the predicate is this. If you're new to the faith or not yet uh, with the Lord Jesus, Meet You in Damascus is a reference to a guy named Saul of Tarsus. Um, he was a Pharisee of all Pharisees. His he he was in the his line of work was was getting Christians killed, hunting them down, and seeing them killed. 
persecuted, prosecuted. He was on the road to Damascus when the Lord Jesus, who had gone to heaven, the, the, the Lord Jesus, having gone to heaven, appeared before Saul of Sarsus and, and said, this blinding light came at Saul. And he said, ah, fell off his horse. And, and there was Jesus. And people who were with, with his name at the time was, um, was Saul. He changed it to Paul. People who were with him saw him talking to something. And it turned out he was talking to the Lord Jesus. Other people couldn't see the Lord Jesus. And the Lord said, Saul, why are you prosecuting me? No, why are you, pardon me, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say my people. He said me. And Saul of Tarsus said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom you are, whom you are persecuting. And he eventually, I mean, almost immediately blinded Saul. And Saul went into this, this you know, state of, I've been blinded. I've been, I've been completely knocked down by this Lord. I've been persecuting. And then one of Jesus' followers, and I always forget this name, Anadeus, I know I'm forgetting it. I apologize. Went, and the Lord went to him and said, hey, I need you to go cure Saul of Tarsus. <laughs> And uh, the, the the follower of Christ is like, what? This guy kills us. Yeah, but I'm going to use him. So he picked the the who you would think of as the least likely guy, who then became the Apostle Paul. And and the Apostle Paul used all those skills to be one of the most effective apostles ever. In fact, he was the last apostle, having meant that he met Christ Jesus and, and was appointed to go do this. So I'm going to be doing a podcast. You're going to get a copy of it this weekend. It'll, it'll come down on the app and it's called meet you in Damascus. And the point of the podcast is God is not done calling people. The last guy you would think would help build the kingdom of Christ. Jesus was Saul of Tarsus. And yet he was fundamentally one of the most important of the apostles is, is responsible for about half the new Testament. And I'm going to send this to you. We'll put it up on the app. I would love your feedback on it. I'm going to give you a series of stories of people reveal how they came to be great builders of the kingdom. You're going to hear from an alcoholic uh, who made awful decisions, who abused his parents, and now is the lead pastor of a church of 8,000 people that began with 11 people in a basement. And at that time, it was unlikely this guy would turn out to be so fundamental in building the kingdom. So that's coming up this weekend. And on that topic, there's something that we're going to do if you will join me in this form of national divorce. It goes like this. You got to homeschool your kids, guys. You got to homeschool them or get them into a godly school. You have got to begin to support Christian businesses. Businesses that will not take the knee. Seek them, find them, support them. Please, I'm begging you to become part of a church community. Please make that promise to yourself and then act on it. Research the church. If you're in the separate countries of California or Washington and you can't leave, please find one that did not take the knee that never stopped preaching, or if they did stop for a couple of weeks and went back to it, please do that. Please, if you possibly can get to a Christian community, please do that. Please help build it. And then there's this. We're going to act with love. This is the single most difficult thing we have ever had to do. I think. Guys, it is so hard for me to love Klaus Schwab. <laughs> I think he's a fundamentally evil psychopath. I think Tony Fauci is, is an evil psychopath. And yet we're called to love our enemies. Because the logic is this. Everybody loves people who love them. Now, not everybody's going to get saved, but everybody loves people who love them who, or, or who are lovable. Christ so loved, or God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
not just the nice people. So we're going to act with love. And that's going to, that's going to, that's going to shine. So it's a national divorce based upon observing that God is allowing it. And how does this save America? Well, I just mentioned it. Side-by-side competition. Godly versus ungodly. One bears fruit. Now, the meek are going to inherit. Satan's going to march around. Temporary victories. If we want to save America, it has to be we turn our face back to the Lord. And it may be his plan that the national revival is just that. A national revival. He does have a plan for a jubilee that is going to happen. And if in this battle we become the hatred, we lose. So I'm reluctantly endorsing a national divorce along religious lines with a heart of love, even for our enemies. I was taught what boundless love looks like when I had the great, great gift of living with a family that is completely committed to Christ Jesus. And when I talk about boundless love, I talk about watching a father save his son from prison. And and look, his son should have gone to jail. Should have gone to prison. Ran someone off the road. Just about killed him. A retired couple. But I watched my godfather go out and talk very reasonably with the police. With love. And by the way, it wasn't to rescue his kid. It wasn't to avoid punishment. Oh, his kid got punished. Oh, he got solidly punished. My godfather, Gary, went and he said, and by the way, I call him my godfather. I, 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 I consider him a second father. He went out very calmly, said to the officer, what he did was wrong. His car is gone. He's got a couple of them. He paid for them with his money. They're gone. They're gone today. He will personally pay this couple back for the, the motorhome. It was like by, it was like $60,000. Gary said, I will take the money now. I will take them. I will pay for that motorhome. I will take my son and he will apologize. And if he won't, take him away. If he will not come with a heartfelt apology, take him away. But understand this, he's a good kid. He's a good kid and he's going to get punished. Terrible thing he's done. He's going to get punished. And he's a good kid. And the officers took him up on that. And they took him over to the couple. And I am so proud of my friend. And I wasn't there for this. I heard about it. He walked in and he cried. He saw this older couple. And they reminded him of his grandma and grandpa. And he cried. And he asked for their forgiveness. He said, I'll pay. I will pay. My dad will make sure I'll pay. His dad said, uh, he's going to pay. Guarantee it. Personally, pay. Every time. And he told me, remind me of my grandma and grandpa. I can't believe what I did. And he told him, I've started to run with gangsters and drug dealers. And how could I do this to you? Dear Lord, how could I do this to you? They, they, they let the deal go. Gary wrote a check. Paid for the motorhome. When Drew, oh, I shouldn't say his name. Ah. When he went home, his things were gone. His stereo, expensive toys, cars, gone. 
because the payment started then. I saw love and discipline, loving discipline. And that man has turned into one of the most selfless husbands I've ever known. And as a man of God with beautiful children, and he is one of the most successful men I know financially, unbelievably successful. Because of a heart of love and discipline. And guys, we have to be disciplined with a heart of love. I mentioned the new podcast, Meet You in Damascus. This song I have gained license to. So excited about this. This will be the song that will be part of the podcast. It is by Matt Bruno. Um, I don't even have to pretend to do a music review. It's called, Do You Love Me? And if you are with the Lord and you've been with the Lord for a long time, you will understand the reference. Of Do You Love Me? This will be the song that leads into and out of the podcast that you get a copy of this weekend. And yes, yes, that's him doing all of this. One, I think it's one guy in this, Matt Burnham. That is from an album called Punch and Beauty. It's one one, one, one you ever put out. And I consider him a brother. So I got the rights. So you'll be getting a copy of Meet You in Damascus featuring an alcoholic who was abusive to his parents, who made a whole series of violent mistakes. And then God equipped him after he called him a church that was 11 people became a church of 8,000 people. And he'd be the first to tell you, not just based upon his work. So that'll come out on Sunday. And I love to get your feedback on Meet You in Damascus. It is a test. See if it's something that I can do well. God willing. This is the Todd Herman Show. I so appreciate you sharing it with your friends and all of the support. Now, please go be well. Be strong, be kind, and yeah, let's say it together today. Be right with God.